Some good news on a couple of 49ers as they hit the practice field again Sunday after preseason opener on Friday. About that preseason opener, some rewatch notes with some wide receivers and some defensive backs for the San Francisco 49ers. Let's get into all of it on today's Locked On 49ers. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers. Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Thanks for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Uh, let's start with the news from Sunday, Croc, before we uh, rewind back to Friday night with the 49ers preseason opener against the Green Bay Packers and uh, some good news with and we've talked about how there's a battle for the backup tight end roles and now Charlie Warner gets to get involved in that because he has officially come off the pup list the physically unable to perform list Charlie Warner now able to perform he ended last season as the tight end to to George Kittle and I would assume he has a, a pretty good leg up on the rest of the team now that he's able to practice to be that tight end to this year for the San Francisco 49ers. Um, he did not play in the team drills, but he started with some individual drills. So good news there for Charlie Warner in the tight end position. Some other really good news after seeing Drake Jackson walk off the field. He had a bit of a stinger during that game. He was hanging his shoulder down. It looked like it could have been bad. It turns out it's not bad. Drake Jackson already back at practice on Sunday. He practiced in full with the 49ers and Hassan Ridgeway. Uh, who was out with a quad injury, is now back, the free agent defensive tackle. So uh, bolstering depth there on the defensive line, getting a couple of guys back from injury. A uh, few players that were not at practice Sunday, running back Elijah Mitchell, who's got a hamstring he's dealing with. We probably won't see him until week one. Eric Armstead's been out for a while, and he's uh, been uh, been working on something. I think he's moving around on the, on the side and doing some individual you know work on the on the sideline, but hasn't been back at practice since he was injured. Uh, offensive lineman Jalen Moore, cornerback Charvarius Ward, and wide receiver Danny Gray all not participating in practice. A hip injury for Danny Gray. It's not a bad injury. He just had a little hip soreness, so they're holding him out of practice. Uh, Mike McGlinchey getting a day off, Dante Johnson getting a day off, and Daniel Brunskill getting veteran days off at practice as well for the 49ers. But I think maybe the biggest story out of practice is not Trey Lance completing five of 14 passes in a non-padded light practice, but I think we saw a little wide back at practice on Sunday. They were working on some of uh, uh, so, some gadgety things, some, some Debo in the backfield, maybe some Trey Lance getting out on the move a little bit. So uh, I'm happy. I'm excited to see how that works in because we're not going to see any of that stuff until the regular season where Kyle Shanahan starts to has, have a little fun with his athletic quarterback. And we know now that everybody's cool at the wide back. So we'll see what that looks like in, in 2022 with an off season to plan for it. How much of that will you see in the practice week against the Minnesota Vikings, right? There are a couple joint practices the 49ers have later this week. Will they show, showcase some of that, knowing that they won't be playing any of those guys in the preseason game? I, I bet they will, or they're at least – they. I'm sure they'll show some stuff. I don't know how um, – I don't know how much of that stuff gets filmed. I know teams film practice, so, you know, the – the Vikings will have it on film if they're showing stuff, but the rest of the league won't. So that's really interesting, especially knowing that they're not going to play guys in the game. 
So uh, that yeah, those those group practices are going to be fun. The joint practices are going to be fun. So the schedule is the Niners are practicing Sunday, Monday. Then they're going to have a day off Tuesday traveling for those Wednesday, Thursday practices with the Minnesota Vikings before having a preseason game number two this weekend. So that is the schedule for the 49ers. Trey Lance not playing, remember, in the preseason game, but he will be playing, playing in practice. So uh, th- those are going to be pretty important joint practices. You mentioned Trey Lance going, uh, completing five out of 14 passes. And I remember this little note from my guy Jordan Elliott when we were out there at training camp. And he said, man, it seems like Trey Lance – when they're full padded, like he's more efficient than when they're not, which you would assume that it's the opposite, right? You think it's the other way around, but I don't know if it's something with his shoulder pads and maybe restricting something in his throwing motion, but he just ends up just doing better uh, in practice with pads on as opposed to without. So I don't know. I don't know what's up with that. Yeah, that is a little surprising. Five of 14, according to reports of practice Sunday, two red zone touchdowns, one interception in the, uh, the red zone portion. And again, it was one of the, the shortest, lightest practices of the year in training camp for the 49ers as, you know, they don't want to put too much on guys, resting a lot of guys as well after that first preseason game. Do, uh, do you take anything away from like Trey Lance in practice anymore? Because I think, I, I don't know, for me, once the game start, it's just kind of like, yeah, I don't know. I, to, to me, the games are more important, but Kyle Shanahan talks about how practices are the most important and he doesn't even like preseason games. So I, I don't know what to take from it. Um, You just want to see progression. I think that's the key. And it's a lot easier for us to evaluate games than it is practices, especially if we're not there firsthand. And even when you're there firsthand, it's hard to see. It's a lot easier to break down when you see it on film, and especially if you're able to see the all 22 later. You you can really see a lot more from games. And it's, it's, you know, it's full tackle, full speed. I just think there's so much more to be gained from the preseason games, even if Kyle Shanahan doesn't think so all the time. Right. And yeah, and you want to see him grow. So the next time we'll see Trey Lance on the field is going to be that preseason number three game and maybe play an entire half of football. So it's going to be fun to see multiple series and, and see how that goes. Um, I know, Croc, you have some notes here on some of the wide receivers and some of the defensive backs in uh, from uh, preseason week number one. I do want to remind everybody, we talked about the schedule for the preseason games, the schedule for cut down days, too, because some cuts are count- coming this week. So August 16th, which is just a couple of days. So before that next preseason game, they got to cut, cut five players. It's kind of weird. They're going from 90 or 91 because they have the extra player, Alfredo Gutierrez, part of the international program. So they currently have 91 players on the roster. They've got to cut five of those guys. They got to get down to 85 players on August 16th. And then, uh, and so that's before they even go to Minnesota. So there's going to be five players that aren't traveling to Minnesota for the joint practices. Then the next week, August 23rd, they got to cut five more guys, get down to 80 players. And then the main cuts, August 30th, that's the deadline for getting Jimmy Garoppolo off the roster as well. They got to cut down from 80 then to 53 players before the regular season begins after that third preseason game. So that is the schedule for cuts. Croc, name all five guys that are going to get cut right now. Go. Ooh, <laughs> that is tough, right? Because you're looking at all these different battles and I feel like it can go one way or the other. I'd assume that the veteran guys will get cut a little bit later. I'd say, gosh, and I, it really pains me to say this, but what about like uh, Mac, Austin Mac receiver, maybe, maybe mm. a Keyshawn Johnson. And I feel like I'm like, I want to see Keyshawn Johnson yeah. really be able to fight and compete for that sixth or seventh receiver spot but yeah and there's not enough of those wide receiver spots to go around because you know who the five locks are unless somebody gets hurt and then the uh the other spot 
you know, it's, it's really not down to that many guys. I don't think, but um, actually more on that in a moment, because we have some insight based on the usage in the first preseason game, who might be leading for some of those spots on the 49ers roster. Uh, one thing the 49ers could do when it comes to cuts, like what about someone like Justin school? Cause I know sometimes they cut veterans early to give them longer and a better opportunity to catch on somewhere else. So I wonder if we might see a, a surprise veteran that has been around for a while for the 49ers that they don't think is going to make the roster. Want to give them time to, to sign with another team. Cause that's how it used to be back in the days. You would get somebody remember like, uh, <laughs> this is going way back. Do you remember Antonio Langham? Yeah. Cornerback. Yeah. So they brought him in and he was a big name. He's a highly drafted player. I was really excited about him. And he was like, oh, I don't know about this guy. He's, he's way down the depth chart in, in preseason games. Didn't look that great. And he actually was one of the early cuts um, there was uh, oh, there's a wide receiver not that long ago that was one of the earlier cuts too, who's a veteran because they wanted to give him an opportunity to sign on somewhere else. So uh, sometimes you see stuff like that. So I wonder if there'll be some surprise cuts here in the next couple of days here before the August 16th first cut down of five players getting the roster down to 85 guys. Um, availability is key. So some of these guys that, that are way down on the roster, they might have a little bit of a groin, a little bit of something. They, they might want to play through that. Uh, at tomorrow's practice because it's the last chance they have before that cut down day Tuesday before the team travels to Minnesota. Okay. Next is that, wait, real quick. Is that new? Because I mean, I, I know like, you know, back in the day, <laughs> I say back in the day, like around the time I was playing, they would cut it down from 90. I believe the first cut down it would go from like 90 to 75. Yeah. It was a big cut. And at the end, it is 63 to, but what is this five? So that, that has to be new, right? It's, it's changed multiple times over the last couple of years because during the pandemic, I think they just made it one cut. Remember, yeah. a couple of years ago, it went from ninety to fifty-three at once, and I thought that right. was still how it was. But this year, now they have it, and I think last year was still just one cut, if I'm not mistaken. And now this year, now they've changed it again, so it's a three-cut system, but it's cutting five, cutting five more, then all the way down from eighty to fifty-three. So I don't know, can't keep up sometimes with the with the new rules every year in the NFL. All right, next Crocs. Insights from a second watch of the San Francisco 49ers versus Green Bay Packers preseason week number one. But we got to let the folks out there know about better help. And life can throw you a curveball sometimes. Life is full of twists and turns. And it's important to show up for yourself through it all so you can help those around you too. You want to be a good uh, member of your family. You want to be a good parent. You want to be a good son or daughter. And sometimes you need some help through some things in your life. Better help online therapy will assess your needs and can match you with your own licensed professional therapist in less than 48 hours. And everybody needs a little help, whether it's just a weekly check-in or it's something major, a major event in your life, better help can help you through therapy. This is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online, available to people worldwide. You can log into your account anytime, send a message to your therapist so you can chat uh, via text, emails. You can do a uh, video chat. However you want to do your therapy sessions, you can do it in just a few easy clicks with better help. And sometimes it can take a few tries to get the right person too. So it's really easy and free of charge. And BetterHelp makes it so easy to change therapists if you want. And it's super easy to, to get involved. You just answer a few questions and they try to match you with the best therapist that they can find to fit your needs. BetterHelp is a great way to invest in yourself. And they have a special offer for our listeners. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn. That's 10% off your first month of online therapy at BetterHelp.com slash 
Locked On. Thanks again, everybody, for making Locked On 49ers your first listen every day. For your second listen, make sure you're checking out the Peacock and Williamson NFL show and Locked On NFL Draft coming at you daily right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, Croc, let's go to the defensive backfield first. And there were some big plays in this game. One big play was the one that was given up by Tarvarius Moore when he was manned up as safety on a receiver coming out of the slot. And that's the play people remember. That's the play I remember coming from this game. But there's something happened a little bit earlier in this game involving the very same scenario, right? Right. And, you know, as we know, the Tarvarius Moore play happened on the second possession. So earlier than that, it had to be just the first possession. And we always notice some of those like splash plays. And I went back, I did a second watch, and I was just like, you know, just what what sticks out to me? What do I take note of? And when the defense was in the field, Tarverius Moore, the first third down in the game, remember the 49ers forced a three and out with the packed first possession. And Tarverius Moore was lined up in the slot on the right side and covered a corner route from the slot extremely well. So much well, good that he uh, forced a kind of a, uh, an inaccurate throw from Jordan Love. It was terrific coverage. And I remember kind of just thinking in the moment when he got beat, like, oh, man, okay, well, he just can't play man coverage, right? And then on the rewatch, it's like, oh, well, he played man just fine here. So, you know, he had one rep that was really good and probably others in that game where he had good man reps. And it just so happened the one where he was bad, they went zero coverage, zero blitz, and there was no safety help. And it, and it just wasn't good at all. So that was one of the first things that I noticed that that first third down, he did a terrific job of helping the 49ers defense get off the field. And it's one of the big questions we've had this offseason with Talanoa Hufanga. You know, is he a box safety? Can he play deep? So on that play, and we're going to see it a lot where the 49ers bring the free safety down, whether it's Jimmy Ward. In this case, it was um, it was Tarverius Moore and he covers the slot man. So that means there's potential for Talanoa Hufanga at strong safety if he wins that strong safety job to be out there in center field, right in the single high, which is the situation that I personally, and I know a lot of folks a little bit worried about seeing him in. And he was in that position on that play. Yeah. A lot of fans are saying, Oh, Hufanga, he is not a single high safety, maybe a two high safety Uh, typically don't want him in um, man type situations, but in that scenario where they did go man, and the 49ers do that often with Jimmy Ward, they'll bring Jimmy Ward down, have him play man on a slot receiver and they'll have a guy like Hufunga as a single high safety. Well, in that particular play, he did a terrific job of reading the quarterback, getting a really good jump on the throw. And again, if it wasn't thrown away, either him or Tavares Moore would have been in great position to make a play on the ball. So that was just one thing that I noticed where it was like, okay, good, good job by Hufunga being in position right over the top of that and really getting a good jump on that and a good read. So a lot of people, again, they, they don't think that he's a, a single high type guy, but he did a terrific job at single high there. So Leon O'Neill Jr. was sort of a surprise cut last week. And with some cuts looming, did you get any uh, sense? Did you get any clues to what the depth chart looks like with the defensive backfield from this game? Well, there were a few other guys, and maybe not so much at the safety position, but I noticed some things at the cornerback spot. Uh, We were hearing different reports of Diamador Lenore, Diamo Lenore, his his sister has been in my mention saying Diamo, like that's what they Diamo. call him. So uh, Diamo Lenore has been getting some reps with the ones. Well, I noticed in this game when I went back and rewatched it, the first corners were Ambry Thomas and Holman. And you saw that pretty consistently throughout the first quarter. 
those were the corners that were in there. So I was like, okay, Holman, like that's a guy who obviously we heard heard his name. He was beat vertically on one play, but it was an overthrow by Jordan Love uh, with Dobbs. Dobbs was the guy that Romeo Dobbs beat him vertically, but it was just an overthrow. And I believe that was on the first drive as well, or maybe the second drive, but early in the second drive, and they ended up coming back to it. But he also had a nice uh, pass breakup. In early in the second quarter, I believe he's a guy that they definitely see as more of a versatile piece. Plays outside, play inside. I'd be a little shocked if, and we talked about some early cuts. Who could be in there? Maybe him if they like what they saw from some of the younger guys on the outside. But uh, I'd be curious to see how long he sticks around as a guy who was one of the first guys out there playing corner. Also has nickel versatility as well, and they like his sticky uh, man coverage ability. I think there's a big possibility that what we've seen before where uh, Dante Johnson gets cut at the final cuts, but then someone else goes on IR, and then they re-sign Dante Johnson back really quickly because they got a wink-wink deal with him, and he knows he's going to be back, and he knows that they can't quit him. Uh, so that that's another potential scenario that could happen with the, with the late cuts. So you always have to follow up with what happens the next couple of days after waivers and, and all that stuff with, uh, with the roster movement uh, at the end of camp. Um, and then I think of... So there's Sam Womack, who had a great game, obviously, uh, at, at nickel, and he's a lock to make the roster at this point. We've talked about so many corners now, and Kadar Holman's in the mix, and we didn't even consider him at the beginning of the preseason. The 49ers have another draft pick, the sixth rounder this year, Tariq Castro-Fields, who seems to be behind all of them. It's going to be really tough for him, and I don't know if you can yeah. sneak a sixth rounder on the practice squad. So there's one, that, and the seventh rounder, Purdy. So I think the sixth and seventh rounders, Zakel hasn't had a good camp. I think you've got to try to squeeze him onto the practice squad. I don't see him making the 53. Tree Castro Fields has an uphill battle now. And Brock Purdy, just because I don't know if they're going to keep three uh, quarterbacks, I think all three of those guys have a tough shot to make the roster right now, but they could all be priority guys for other teams to claim off of waivers from the 49ers. So those are going to be some tough decisions. Well, you talked about uh, cornerback on the outside. Uh, one guy, or in the nickel as well, one guy that I noticed didn't. Uh, he's a guy who everyone has seen kind of get that those type of reps in the middle there. Well, we saw the big time plays that Womack made, but it was actually Dennard who got the start and played for pretty much all of the first quarter at that nickel spot. So, again, there, there's some younger guys trying to make their move on these veterans and kind of beat them out. And we'll see if it comes down to who the cheaper player is, which will always be the younger guy and kind of develop from in that way. But dinner, he was the guy who was in there at the nickel spot even before Womack. Interesting. Very interesting stuff there. And there's been a couple practices, or I think maybe only one practice. I know that Sam Womack has had an opportunity to run with the ones in practice, but still clearly behind uh, Darquez um, on the depth chart currently. But it'll, it, it'll be uh, interesting if they allow him to run with the ones in one of these preseason games over Darquez. And so that'll give us a, an indication that that is a true, true training camp battle. And I'd be shocked if some point Sam Womack doesn't win that job, but right out of the gate, they might want to go with the veteran there, but uh, that, that's going to be a fun one. I think the 49ers are going to be real, okay. Real quick. Nickel I corner. was listening to something and I, and I heard, and I believe it was Matt Miyoko talk about how uh, several years prior Kyle Shanahan has been on teams where a rookie started in the nickel spot. So one, it was Kwan Williams out there with Cleveland Browns. I believe it was at Atlanta Falcons. Is also when he was there, they had a nickel that started in a slot, uh, a rookie 
in their Super Bowl runs. So a couple of other times. So I don't think that Kyle is opposed to it if the rookie is showing good stuff, which obviously what we saw for Womack, we want to see more of. So Yeah. Oh, my God. That was, that was an amazing game from Womack. I mean, he just looked like he was so confident, ready to play, prepared, making plays at the catch point, uh, obviously making plays on the ball, tight coverage, physicality plays bigger than you know his listed size so love all those things from i mean really uh, he could be a faster version of k1 and that was the only thing that was missing from k1 he didn't really have great deep speed so sam womack is that you got a pretty darn good player on your hands yeah exciting player because you want a guy especially that nickel who's not vulnerable to those uh go routes or vertically pushing routes out of the slot and kawan williams definitely was i felt like the 49ers had to kind of hide him a little bit or even sometimes shade help and when they didn't Man, teams are kind of licking their chops a little bit. So having a guy who has that ability to run the 4-3 is still a difficult route to cover regardless uh, slot phase because there's so much space. But knowing that your guy won't get beat because of his lack of speed. So, you know, you'll kind of take your chances a little bit more if he indeed ends up winning that starting job. Okay, next we'll flip to the other side of the ball and some notes from wide receiver. And we might have a similar bit of clues to who could be on and off the roster when those final cuts are made. But first, let's talk about our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online remains the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find all your favorite sports and events at betonline.net, the fastest and easiest way to check in on your wagering needs. Find reviews and news of every league, not just NFL. And there's a ton of NFL lines out there already. You can bet on these preseason games. You can bet on the 49ers and the Bears in week one. You can bet all the way through week 16. They've got lines up already. Of course, Super Bowl odds, coach of the year, which coach will get fired. Tons of odds already up for the 2022 season for the NFL at Bet Online, but Major League Baseball as well, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, golf, uh, live in game betting. So, Bet Online is the place to be for every sports wagering and information and scores as well. So, get over to the website today, use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action at Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, Croc, what about wide receiver? So we kind of know who the locks are, and I think there's been such a quiet camp from Jawan Jennings, but clearly the team still likes him, and he ended the season so strong, and he was out there with the ones with, obviously, the real ones, Debo Samuel and um, and Brandon Ayuk not playing in that preseason game. So it was Jawan Jennings, and it was who else on the other side starting that game? Malik Turner. And I don't know how I didn't catch that live, but those were the first two receivers out there. And it, it was very interesting just to kind of see, one, Malik Turner, who was a guy who I, I'd assume most of us would say, man, if 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 they are going to pick a, a six right now, Malik Turner would be in that group, right? You would assume the guys you just named, Danny Gray and Malik Turner, and you're probably fine with that, as well as uh, Ray Ray McLeod. Well, the first guys out there, in their base receiver set, those two guys, uh, Juwan Jennings and Malik Turner. Interesting. And then when they went to three receiver sets, it was those two guys with Ray Ray McLeod in the slot. And the reason why that was kind of interesting to me was because we've kind of considered uh, uh, Juwan Jennings a lock for that slot receiver, right? Like that starting slot receiver for the 49ers. Oh, that's Juwan Jennings, big slot. And we've been wondering, oh, can Ray Ray McLeod maybe push him for that? Well, when they went three receiver set, they kept Juwan Jennings on the outside. And now you have Ray Ray McLeod in the slot. 
And I'm curious to know if the 49ers go with that uh, 11 personnel in the game, will it be Ray McLeod in the slot or Jawan Jennings? What do you think? I think in the slot it's going to be Ray Ray McLeod. Uh, but then if if Juwan Jennings isn't getting a lot of looks in the slot, maybe they'll have, they'll have two different looks and two different formations where they go big slot, they go small slot. Maybe that's sort of the plan. But like if they if they plan on running and and not to give anything away, so you'd have to mix it up a little bit. But uh, we know that a lot of what they like from Juwan Jennings, as well as you know he has some receiver ability. He was one of the best yards after catch guys in college his last year at Tennessee there. But you know he can block there. And you probably get a little bit more physicality from the blocking standpoint with Jawan Jennings as opposed to uh, Ray Ray McLeod. But again, just just interesting. They are going to say, all right, it's third and nine. We are throwing the ball. Who's going to be out there in the slot, Ray Ray McLeod or Jawan Jennings? I think it's going to be Ray Ray McLeod. And if that's the case, where does Jawan Jennings' role end up? Because if he's just one of the subs, if he's like the backup slot, and then he's you know the number four, three, four outside wide receiver, then he's not going to be on the field unless, uh, you know, uh, Brandon Ayuk or Debo Samuel need a break or if they're injured. And that's, you know, if that's the only way Juwan Jennings is going to be on the field this year, then that means his numbers are going to drop precipitously and and he's not going to be a huge factor in the game. And it really does look like, based on what we've seen in camp, what we saw in the first preseason game, that Ray Ray McLeod is going to be the number one slot option in the passing game. Now, did we see anything from Malik Turner to say that he is going to make, you know, be that sixth guy? Maybe he's doing, been doing something in practice and maybe Kyle values that in the sense of his uh, evaluation of that sixth receiver more than him not really getting a lot of opportunities in the game. But uh, clearly a guy like Danny Gray, who we haven't even mentioned with this uh, threesome right here, usage, Danny Gray, we got to throw him in there. Uh, he was definitely utilized or out prioritize or featured more than Malik Turner, who was in before him. Yeah. And, and, and Malik Turner is, and is whoever the sixth guy is. Some of these guys have to play special teams. They're not going to get a uniform on. So maybe they only keep five wide receivers if that's the, the case, but it's clear that best based on the depth chart that they've used at camp, uh, what we've seen from camp. And I think Malik Turner in some ways outperformed Juwan Jennings in camp too. So, um, and obviously in the preseason game, him being out there ahead of the rest of the guys, I would say that clearly Malik Turner has the lead on that sixth wide receiver spot, which means that. And when we think of special teams, we think of return guys and whatnot. Malik Turner, I was watching, he was running down on kickoffs as well. I mean, that's that he's on, he's on the team that, he, he's on he's on the roster if that's the case if he's a first team coverage unit guy then it's a lock yeah. lock it up croc go. you figured that one out what are you <laughs> gonna do it what are you do with Keyshawn johnson can you get him to the well, practice hey we you say that and then t- tuesday when the cuts come out it's like first name on there malik turner <laughs> like, oh, yeah, you never know maybe yeah maybe they put him on special teams just to see and they didn't like the the film that he put out there and so then you know, he gets cut and someone else is doing it instead. But um, there is uh, – there, there's – clearly right now, I would put money on the he's the sixth, you know, and obviously Danny Gray is on there. So basically you, you get you get Juwan Jennings backing up Debo on the outside you get and backing up the slot, and then you get Danny Gray backing up Brandon Ayuk. And then you got Malik Turner who can, you know, play on the outside and gives you a little special teams, and, and there's your wide receiver group. I think that's clearly what it's looking like right now. I think there's um, s- some possibility for some other players, but when you look at Tay Martin, who didn't get any run until very late in that game, 
Um, you know, he was he was with the, the Brock Purdy group. Um, Keyshawn Johnson. They're, they're, those guys have an uphill battle at this point, it looks like. Hey, real quick, uh, you announced that Kyle Juszczyk was in the top 100. We, they have a yes. new 49er on there as well. Do you see it? They're counting up, and all I saw was the very first one, which was number 100 on the top 100 list, was 49ers fullback Kyle Juszczyk, but I haven't seen any beyond number 100. Who makes an appearance next? Yeah, uh, any any guess? I want to hear, like, you just kind of throw well, a name I, I have some guesses of who will be on the list, but I'm trying to think of who would be lower on the list because they're number only – ninety six. They're introducing the 90s today, right? Is that they do like yeah. 10 per so, episode or something like that? This is number 96. So, number 96 would be top 100. Eric Armstead, no, but you are on the right side of the ball. It is actually Jimmy Ward, safety. Oh, Jimmy Ward getting some love. I thought he would get a snub because nobody gives Jimmy Ward any credit. Okay. I like <laughs> no. Jimmy Ward, 96, Kyle Juszczyk, 100, and the NFL's top 100. I, I like that for Jimmy Ward because he's definitely a player I like. He's grown into one of my favorite players on the 49ers. I, I've liked him a lot uh, just the way he carries himself and the way he had to kind of fight over adversity. And For a while, there were a lot of 49er fans that were like, why is Jimmy Ward still on the team? Get him out of here. And now he's almost a, a fan favorite, you know, and still not a guy who's getting a ton of interceptions. And I think that's why he's even this low on the list. I, I, if he was a four interception guy, he'd be in the fifties because he does so much for this team. I, I really feel like he's, th this is, I don't want to say a slap in the face because this is good. Just making this list. You're recognized as one of the top hundred players, but with how the 49ers utilize him and all the different things he does and what he's asked to do, there are not many safeties that can do what Jimmy Ward does. And you got to think about it. 100 players in the NFL, there's 32 teams. So that only averages, you know, 33 players per roster. And the Niners right. already have two in the 90s, and they're going to have a whole bunch more on this list. So it's saying something even to be on the top 100 at all. So it's good for Jimmy Ward to be on there. But you're right. I think he could be higher. Uh, doesn't get the recognition he deserves. And yeah, the way his career started and bouncing between corner and safety and they didn't really know how to use him and then some injuries and all of a sudden he shows up and he's like one of the most important players is one of the leaders on the defense and a fan favorite. It's amazing how that happens. I mean, Eric Armstead, the same thing, almost the exact same story, right? Injuries early and all of a sudden, boom, has this blow up season and he's been one of the better players on the 49ers defense since then. And, and I think when people talk about players being – in injury prone right like oh he's injury prone player and i think if you ask a lot of professional athletes it's like man like what, what does that mean or if you ask teams what does that mean because some of these guys just have some bad injury luck and you saw that with jimmy ward and eric armstead both guys who had these freak injuries early on in their career but over the last few years they've been very very healthy yeah i mean some guys clearly do have you know, brittle bones or whatever, and didn't drink enough milk when they were a kid. I, I, you know, whatever it is, sometimes guys have that. But then you can't do anything about it when a 300-pound guy lands on your leg and you have an injury. Like, that's that's just happens on the football field. And that's not injury-prone. You just got injured because something happened to you on the field that people, you know, you get in a car wreck, you get hurt. That's not injury-prone. So, uh, and these are little mini car wrecks out on the field a lot of the time. So sometimes the injury prone label fits. Sometimes it clearly doesn't. And with Jimmy Ward and Eric Armstead, it doesn't fit. All right, Croc, let's get out of here. Thanks, everybody, for making Locked On 49ers your first listen. Make sure for your second listen you're checking out the Peacock and Williamson NFL show, Locked On NFL Draft, and get ready for those fantasy drafts with Vinny Iyer, 20 years of experience, and the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast 
of course, right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We got you covered, every team, no matter the sport. Croc and I back tomorrow right here, Locked On 49ers.